This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. I'm in the studio here, Michael Fueling, pastor with our good friend, new staff member, worship pastor, Matthew Young. Hey, man, yes. how you doing, dude? Hey, hey, guys, I'm doing well. Do you prefer Matt or Matthew? Uh, I think Matt is probably going to be better. Okay, sounds good. Now, Matt, I would like to try out for the worship vocal team, okay? Um, particularly the tenors. Um, no, the sopranos. I'd like to do that. You know, I'd love to hear what you have right, right now. Could so, you showcase what you're going to do for the audition? Pick a song. Any song. Go. <laughs> for real, pick a song. Any song. Any song. All right. Smashing um, Pumpkins. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins, I'm limited. Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, if you're doing a soprano thing, like, yeah. it should be something operatic or, you know. Maybe do some Celine Dion. Okay. Um, Let's hear my heart will go on. I, I, no, no, I have a song. This so, is for Amanda. She's no, going to love no, this. No, 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 no. I'm going to do Celine Dion, but I'm going to do the version of, of Celine that I do for my kids. Okay. Oh boy, so this is go. true story audience. This is a song that I do for my children uh, regularly. They actually don't know the original version. All right. Because you're my baby and I am your dad. <laughs> Whatever is- you need from me. <laughs> Just, I'll do Beautiful. whatever. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard Celine Dion sound so unique and stuff. It's the power of love. <laughs> and then do your kids run out of the room screaming or do they just come and embrace you? Like, because you're dad, right? You can they have wrong. no idea that there's a like a real song called The Power of Love. They think it's because uh, I'm your oh. dad. <laughs> That's, Anyways, that's exactly actually what I'm looking for for our, our vocalists on the team. Isn't that it? I think I just won. <laughs> you just won. It's, a, it's a competition, right? Yes. Who, who's the best? Absolutely. I, I, yeah. That's that's what worship music is all about. It's Determining... like particularly pastoral ministry. Like <laughs> yeah. who's the best? All right. Oh man. Anyways, this is off to a winning yeah. start. Should we reel it in a bit? All right. What is the question of the day? The question is, what do worship pastors do? Now, all right. There's a there's a general like enigma over the pastoral ministry. You work one day a week, uh, you hang out with your kids the rest of the week, and and uh, that's why pastors don't get paid a lot of money, right? Because they don't do anything. Yeah. I have a joke. I'd like to just tell my joke online. Uh, every time, this is a true story, every time a missionary comes into town, missionaries feel obligated, 100% of them, to make a joke about pastors. And they always say to me, well, you know, pastors don't do anything anyways. Ha, ha, ha. Like They're joking totally because they know that that's not true, but it's kind of a joke. Sure. So I say back to them. You do know the only people who work less than pastors, right? They're like, no, who? I'm like, missionaries. Drop the mic. Uh, Which is also not true, (laughs) by the way. No, not at all. Yeah, to give up your entire life and sacrifice and to go to a foreign culture is is nothing less than easy. But worship ministry is very unique. Uh, You and I live in different worlds in terms of what we do on a week-in, week-out basis. Our jobs are different. The teams you're working with are different. Mm -hmm. So let's let's just start big picture. What is the major, large, huge responsibility of a worship pastor? And then you've worked in a couple different churches of different sizes. So each different size church is going to actually have different demands on the job. And, sure. and so maybe talk about the big picture of what does a worship pastor do? And then let's get a little bit more detailed and talk about what have you done in other churches? Um, what are you doing at Village Church? And does this really take up 40 to 50 hours a week? Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say that uh, the biggest thing that a worship pastor is responsible to do, I think, is to shepherd properly as any pastor. And so 
what does that look like in the realm of worship? It's different than, you know, uh, you as the lead pastor with primary responsibilities being vision casting and then preaching and a whole slew of other things. Singing. And singing, of course, adding that to the repertoire. Put that on top of your resume, top line, objective. Objective. Uh, No, so I would say that um, as a worship pastor, my biggest responsibility is to shepherd God's people just as any other pastor. However, when it comes to worship, there's also an element of it. um, And for me personally, I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart to try and kind of break some misconceptions about what worship is and what it is not. Mm. I think oftentimes people will leave a worship service on a Sunday and say, man, I loved the preaching, but the worship just was lacking. And we use worship specifically to refer to the musical portion of the service. And it's so much broader than that. And so I think the biggest thing um, that I could do as a worship pastor and what the Lord has laid on my heart is to understand what true worship is. And we see that outlined all over the scriptures Mm. and, I often think of specifically Romans 12, where Paul writes so clearly that we're called to give our lives as living sacrifices, mm-hmm. and that is our reasonable act of worship or yep. our spiritual act of worship. I love the so. word reasonable there. Like, really? Come on. Like, can I just, it's totally realistic. Right. Give your Give life. yourself completely. Give yourself completely <laughs> yeah. to God. Like, I can't think of anything more reasonable than that. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, in the context, he's speaking about in light of that, in view yeah. of God's mercy, yep. that's the only reasonable response to yep. give yourself completely over. And so that's not just for us as pastors, yep. that's for Everybody. anyone who professes Christ. Yep. And so I think a bigger thing, um, obviously part of it is wanting to develop the music ministry of the church. That's a huge part of it. But yep. I think for me, one of the big um, passions that the Lord has placed in my heart is is to help people understand and, and to continue to develop my understanding of what is true worship. What is the Lord looking at when it says, you know, when Jesus writes that the true worshipers of God will worship him in spirit and truth. Yep. None of that has anything to do with music. So it's a state of the heart. So I think that's where it starts. Yep. So um, if, if I'm talking to Bethany, she's the communications director. Her job is to make sure people are communicating or communicated with. Mm. Tim is the discipleship pastor and his job is to make sure people are being made disciples. Um, I'm a lead pastor, which means my job is to make sure we're leading into the future and doing the things that we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And your job, no pressure, is to make sure that our church is being pushed to give their entire lives as as, as an act of worship to God. Mm. And then you take that specifically and you play that out in this, we'll say, I don't know, I'd love to say 80 minutes, but 90 minute worship service where um, you get to oversee technically music, AV, song choices, administration, um, pulpit to a degree. We collaborate sure. on that. We'll do that more as you kind of get in, into the rhythm here, you know, but you get to come back to me and be like, Michael, stop talking. Um, <laughs> and I'll be like, I'm going to keep talking. But, I'll just say, start singing. Yeah, instead. start singing. Yeah, that'll, that'll end the sermon <laughs> quick, you know. Um, but there's this, there's this whole aspect of a worship service that right. is more than music, right, mm-hmm. that you get to oversee and uh, work and develop and train people and all that kind of good stuff and but now talk to me about the pastoral part because there is like what you have to do on Sunday morning. There's a worship culture in a church that needs to be built, right? Sure. But then there's also just this word pastor. So mm-hmm. the word pastor can take up as much or as little time as any man wants uh, it to take up. So sure. why might the pastoral role be different than just a worship coordinator? The big difference would be as a pastor, again, like I mentioned before, you're called to shepherd. And yep. if you're a coordinator or a director, it's going to be more the administrative side. And mm-hmm. that's probably going to be the primary focus. Um, now, if you have a pastor's heart, even with that title, you're still going to strive yep. to shepherd the people. But I think the biggest 
thing as a pastor is again, shepherding. That's my heart. That's what the Lord has laid on my heart to do. So that means meeting with people regularly. That means Mm -hmm. trying to encourage people and sometimes challenging people. And I guess often challenging people and, and being open to being challenged myself. I mean, just as iron sharpens iron, so does one man another. So one of the things you said recently was I'm your brother before I'm your pastor. And I Mm. think that's monumental to maintain that perspective as a pastor and for the body of Christ to recognize that in their pastors, Mm. that we're brothers first and foremost. So if I ever get to a place where I feel like, oh, I'm the, I'm the shepherd and you're my sheep. Well, guess what? I'm a sheep too. And we're all following the good shepherd who's Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So, but as under shepherds, we're called to to oversee the flock as well, just as as mm-hmm. the Lord commissioned Peter and um, those of us who are called to pastoral ministry, that's the same yep. calling that we have. So throughout the week that, that varies, right? Different mm-hmm. people need different levels of involvement and different levels of care. Some people yep. are much more autonomous and need less interaction. Others are, are going to be in a position where they need a lot of face-to-face yeah. time. And so for me, stepping into this role relatively recently, I'm still learning, you know, the people that are in the ministry uh, that I get to serve alongside of. And um, I've enjoyed that process very much. I'm still learning, still in the process oh, yeah. of saying, okay, who are the people that I'm really going to need to pour into regularly? And mm-hmm. I think a big thing with us in our context, we've got volunteer worship leaders as well. So one of the big things that I want to do is walk alongside them and be a resource to them as much yep. as I can try to help them because they're going to be shepherding kind of their individual teams and the people that are serving with them from week to week as well. And yep. so uh, I think trying to pour into the leaders that the Lord has called me over, not that I'm not going to pour into everyone, but yep. really be intentional with my time there because there's only so many hours in a week, And mm. but doing everything I can to be involved in the lives of of the others and and just show that I care. Yep. You know. So if you see the job as a task, then the task is going to be executing on Sunday mornings and making sure it's executed with good production. But a good worship pastor is going to understand that the task is very important, but it is not the end. Sure. There's a couple ends from my perspective. One end would be did did we give Jesus glory in mm. the corporate worship experience mm. um, from the content to the production, to the organization, to the communication. And we had a podcast, ah, gosh, a week or two ago on production. It wasn't even the question, but we just went through anyways. And sure. But you go all the way back to the old Testament worship was somewhat produced and it was created by that to evoke emotion and memory and remembrance and organization, all that kind of stuff. But mm. that's one level. But the other end is, Everything is a means also to shepherding. So I'm working with a worship leader. I'm working with a guitarist or an AV person or a camera person. And that ministry is real because in that moment, it is facilitating corporate worship, which brings God glory. But that becomes a means to another end, which is making disciples. Mm. And so if you're a worship leader, you might be leading music. But if you're a worship pastor, you're leading people towards greater levels of discipleship and and a church to greater levels of worship beyond just the Sunday worship service or the music, you know, which is one of the things I love is that we did not want to hire, I'll I'll say this crassly, a kid who could play music. We wanted to hire a pastor who is skilled in music and organizations. Mm. Very different than we'll just say, what a lot of churches have access to, which is skilled musicians, Mm. but finding a musician who is also a passionate and confident pastor, that is a unique gift set that Mm. uh, I've I've been really grateful that from the very beginning, it was clear that you had both of those, which, Mm. um, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. How do you receive, how do you receive uh, compliments? uh, Humbly. Good job. Hopefully with grace. You should have said, I know. <laughs> I know. Let me go put my scarf on yeah, and drink I know, yeah. my latte. I, I am disappointed though that you don't have a scarf. That's 
You know, I have a scarf in the summer, but it's not winter yet. So cool people wear them in the summer. Yeah, I'm just right. saying. That's right. Yeah. No one wants that. I'll be sweating so bad. Not at all. So now, full disclosure, guys. If if you're go to Village Church, right? You've been on staff since the end of August, but you've only led worship, actually, from a guitar position once. Since I've been on staff, since you've been correct. on staff, yeah. right? So we're talking now. It's it's uh, today. It's October. Mm -hmm. Tell me why you're not leading worship every week? Because some people think, oh, we have a worship pastor. He's going to be leading worship every single week. Why do you not lead worship every week? I think the the biggest component of that is we have many more than capable people, and I want to help equip them yep. to serve in the way they're gifted, in the way that they're passioned. You know. Yeah, impassioned. Impassioned? No. The way that they've been given a passion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, and so that's a huge part of it for me. Yeah. I see that the gifts are there for these people. And and again, the biggest thing I want to do is try to help them. I want to help equip them. I think oftentimes there's kind of an old school mentality in some churches where the pastors do all the work. And, yep. and that's nowhere modeled in scripture. I mean, you look all over since the establishment of the church and there's so much um, about using your gifts to serve one another. It's all over the scriptures. And if you if you seek the word of the Lord, you'll see that. I mm. mean, it's so evident. And so I would hate to take away an opportunity for a brother or sister in Christ to serve yep. just because I, I could do it as well. You know what I mean? Yep. And um, so for me, I don't feel at all like that's... And, and, and also I'm wanting to really learn the culture too. And so it's easier for me to observe... I'm still in the rehearsals. I'm still there. I'm still a part of it. I'm giving input, mm -hmm. you know, um, involved, but being able to take in the service and and observe some things and, and just, yep. I don't know if you evaluate, but yeah, evaluate to some extent what's going on. And yep. um, as we look at continuing to move forward and pursuing the greatest uh, way that we can mm -hmm. to display the Lord's glory in our services. Yep. And if I'm a worship pastor, sometimes I go into a church and they're just a void of musicians or leaders. And so sometimes you hire a worship pastor and he may want to get to a point where he can lead once a month, but it might take a year or two to sure. get there and develop some musicians or three or four, depending on just where the church is at. And, and sometimes you can walk into a circumstance and you're like, you know, we have a lot of competent people and they're, and maybe even you have a lot of good people, but they'll never be great until they have experience. Hmm. And um, one of the things that I, I had to learn was that, you know, as a guitarist, I play lead guitar. I was pretty good until I stopped playing and then I got pretty bad, uh, <laughs> but I could hold my own. I could do better than most, but I realized that every time I played, I was taking away the opportunity for somebody else to get better hmm. and I didn't need to be better. I get to preach every week. And the last thing the church needs is a lead guitarist preacher. You know, that's just pretentious to some degree. So, but I really appreciate like the circumstance that you're in, you get the opportunity to let other people flourish in their gifts mm. and you don't feel the need to be center stage all the time, which is not what we wanted. We did not need a rock star. That was one of the things we were just super clear on. We need a, we need an equipper, a shepherd to come alongside of this team of 30, 40 musicians, let alone the young musicians and student ministries and children's ministry, et cetera, that need a shepherd as well mm. to come alongside of them musically and really build those gifts. So uh, I'm really excited about just about that. Yeah, me Ask too. And I, I think one of the things that appealed to me about the opportunity here was you were so adamant from the beginning, the first time I met you, that you were not looking for someone that had a rock star mentality or even someone that was going to be on the platform every week. And Village that would hate you me. if you did that. Yeah, well, that, literally, Village would be like, well, who, "Who are you?" And to me, that <laughs> that's the complete. That's entertainment. That's not worship. Like, that's drawing attention to yourself. That's not pointing towards the cross. That's not pointing towards Christ. You know, when if you have a rock star mentality, that to me is the antithesis of a worship, worship. pastor. 
I mean, <laughs> well making said. it all about you instead of all it's about Christ. It's all about me. <laughs> that, I could leave that There you are singing again. I know. Man. You just bring out the music in me. Hey, you know? Isn't that a song too? You bring the music out in me or something? Uh, or whatever. Yeah. I think we're going to do it next week when you we'll leave. we do that next week. Good. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Good deal. <laughs> so uh, last question. And then um, we got a doozy for you tomorrow when you come back. Ooh, um, okay. What have, so you've led worship in a couple different churches. And so you've been in large, large churches. We've been in large churches and medium-sized church. Village would be like, I don't know, medium? Maybe? Yeah, I'd say not that's small. It's not yeah. large. We're medium. But, you know, your former church was, I don't know, a thousand. And before that, you were at a larger, larger church leading worship and uh, doing different things. And so, like, what are what are some of the differences that you've seen in terms of the pastoral job sure. from a large, large church to a large church to a medium church? Yeah. Oh, and just to clarify, the previous church was the only one that I was officially on staff at. Correct. So yep. at some of the, uh, you know, in Nashville, when I was down there and, mm-hmm. and leading on occasion at extra large churches, that was as a volunteer, which is yep. different. Yep. You know, your Absolutely. responsibilities are very different. But at the previous context where I was, it was a larger church and it was a totally different um, uh, environment, different style, different expectations. One of the things there, they had two completely different services when I came in. So there was a fully classic service and a fully contemporary service. So, so like an old service and a young service. Well, I wouldn't call <laughs> them kidding, that. Though. No, I mean, there that, were, that is the old joke though. You know? <laughs> sure, yeah. sure. I mean, you had some people yep. that, you know, I would say generally speaking, that's probably yep. pretty accurate, but there were certainly people that were younger that preferred the first service. And there were people that were older that preferred the second service. Mm-hmm. So just yep. being honest. Yeah, no, that's um, good. That is. But, and I was never a pastor there. I was the director yeah. mm-hmm. of contemporary worship. So it was different in title, different in scope. And because it was a large church, I didn't oversee the technical realm. We okay, had yeah, a, you had your a own very capable there. technical director. That's and then awesome. we had an assistant technical director who was also kind of a video guy. That's super cool. They were all awesome guys to work with yeah. really i really enjoyed them some of my close friends That's and cool. um so that was a blessing but it also changed then my level of responsibility was not to oversee those areas of ministry it was strictly the contemporary service then i was also over the the young adult ministry so that awesome. had its own responsibilities its own yep. um, time allotted each week as well but uh, as far as the music the music ministry was concerned as a director i didn't have mm-hmm. the pastoral responsibility that i have here now just the way I'm wired, my goal was still to shepherd the people. Yep. Just my title didn't have pastor in it, you know? Pastors and, bleed pastoral ministry, whether you're called it or not. doesn't. I mean, you just totally. pastor's pastor, you know? Right. Living people breathe. That's kind of like my analogy, but. Living people breathe. Yes. Hey, there you go. Pastor's pastor and living people breathe. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. It's true, right? Yeah. So so my goal there was also to create a culture that was worship focused. Yep. And, and again, by that, I don't mean music focused. Yep. I mean, an authentic worship. worship. Not inauthentic worship. Yes, and authentic. A culture. <laughs> Good clarity. Creating inauthentic worship. Yes, that's that's the platform with which I lead. No. Um we're gonna we're gonna isolate that comment. Yeah. And oh great. Put that on Facebook. That's that yeah. sounds about right. That'll go well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm so glad everyone at Village will be so thrilled that I came <laughs> on board to bring inauthentic worship. Yep. Big picture, like what a worship pastor does, church to church, size to size, even two churches the same size can be completely different. Absolutely. It's the same way with all pastoral ministry. You can't put anybody into a box and say, this is what it's like. Their culture, their context, their needs, um, their spiritual maturity, the climate, the expectations. And uh, so that's one of those things where it's fun to get to know pastors because no two pastors have the same job, even if they have the same title. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the things I appreciate. So Matt, one of my super duper high values is that a worship pastor should be theologically grounded and sound and astute. 
So we're going to bring you back tomorrow. And here's the question. Do the son and the spirit have a different will from the father? Ready for this one? Ooh. Let's do it. Creating inauthentic worship. Yes. That's yes. that's the platform with which I lead. Creating inauthentic worship. Yes. That's yes. that's the platform with which I lead. Creating inauthentic worship. Yes. That's yes. that's the platform with which I lead. Creating inauthentic worship. Yes.